with no end in sight. Returning to Earth from a perilous assignment in the Bastiat sector, Johnny and Raylene's ship has fallen under attack and has been boarded by a vast wealth of nonpartisan put-downs and hacks. On Earth, once promising negotiations between the wingnuts and the moonbats are now in turmoil, following a social justice bombing on the capital planet Earth. As fear and anger prevail, the controversial host of the popular true crime podcast, Sword and Scales, has been fired by the podcasting company Wondery, following an offensive social media post. Sword and Scales, an internet radio show, and a website covering the dark underworld of crime and the criminal justice system's response to it. Mike Boudet has taken a financial hit because of his stand in support of free speech, thus opening the gateway for additional troops and an increase in the fighting. The communist most dangerous assassin leads the attack. Will our heroes be able to overpower the put-downs and hacks and make it to Earth on time? Stay tuned to hear Mike Boudet on episode 38 on Blast Off with Johnny Rocket. Directly from the launch pad. Bringing blue collar to your cell tower. The rock and roll libertarian himself. It's time to blast off with Johnny Rocket. Hey, this is Blast Off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my ray of truth, Miss Raylene Lightheart. Bam! Hey, guys. Hey, Johnny. Raylene, how are you? What's going on with you? Well, um, nothing much. I just recorded a podcast about homeschooling, and I'm really excited to share that. It'll be in April. Oh, really? And uh, Yeah, but I wanted to talk to you about some news stories. We've been really talking about cultural Marxism and, and how the world is getting very segmented by certain topics and oh, yeah. sexualism and all the kind of stuff that's happening right now. So what's going on? Did you hear the story of Deborah Messing having to apologize for what she posted on International Women's Day? What did she do? She posted a picture of 12 cupcakes with different shaped vulvas. Like, <laughs> like labia that's kind of funny yeah and um and they were all a little different colored and different shaped they had to have been pink though they had to be pink there was some pink yeah you don't want uh, you don't want like a green one you'd have to question where it came from hey all the time is beautiful johnny (laughs) um it was uh she said it was powerful beautiful and sweet and uh apparently the trans community was very upset Uh with her for posting pictures of vaginas because not all women have vaginas. And well, that so, sounds like a personal problem. Yeah, well, it's definitely interesting that she had to issue an apology saying that, you know, um, she wasn't even thinking about the, her trans sisters <sighs> and that she should have when it's she ridiculous. posted that. And, yeah. and I feel bad for a feminist who is trying to empower women to come to terms with their body and accept it for what it is without other people's opinions on it. It's, you know, that kind of stuff. And and now she's in trouble again. So, you know, it's ridiculous as all hell. First of all, like having cupcakes yeah. like that. That's stupid. But whatever. I mean, if she has the right to do it. Uh, but eat your cupcakes, bitches. Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. OK, Raylene, are you ready for our show? I am. OK, well, cultural Marxism can be a controversial term. Some assert that there's no such thing and others use the term as a catch all for anything they see as undermining society. 
In short, cultural Marxism is a revolutionary leftist idea that traditional culture is the source of oppression in the modern world. Cultural Marxism is often linked to the insistence upon political correctness, multiculturalism, and perpetual attacks on the foundations of culture, free speech, traditional morality, law and order, etc. Mike Boudet is a host of the popular true crime podcast, Sword and Scale. Amongst true crime fans and podcast aficionados alike, the bi-weekly podcast Sword and Scale amassed over 1 million downloads in the first year and has over 50,000 active Patreon subscribers and is consistently ranked in the top 10 of the podcast to listen to. Despite the lurid and oftentimes disturbing content of the show, whose tagline reminds us the worst monsters are real. It's the host himself who has generated the most controversy in the recent history. Dogged by rumors since the show's inception, Boudet came under fire recently for comments he's made on social media, resulting in all of his advertisers pulling their sponsorship and the network he's featured on, Wondering, dropping Sword and Scale and his other projects, Monstruo and This Is War, from their lineup. Boudet is here today to discuss censorship, the criminal justice system, and the right to disassociation in the light of this recent devastating backlash for both fans of Sword and Scale and the host himself. Okay, Raylene, prepare for liftoff. Copy that, Johnny. Covers, tie-downs, and grounding cables. Removed as required. Communications connected. Check. Preamps in the green. Check. Cold beer. Double check. Thrusters are hot. Raylene, are you ready to rock? All systems go, Johnny. Let's blast off with Mike Boudet! Thank you very much. So, how you doing today? Well, you know, I'm I'm all right. You know, considering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, man, and I really feel bad for you, man, and it sucks. Again, Mr. Boudet, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. This has not been a very good week for you and your team at Sword and Scale. Um, but maybe you know, coming on the show, would you care to explain to our audience what precipitated Wondery? dropping you from their network and all the negative publicity you're currently experiencing. Yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah. Well, well, I appreciate you having me on because I'm a little bit of, I guess what you would call a pariah at this point in the (laughs) podcast space. Yep. But I I, I do appreciate that uh, people like yourself and your show have the the courage to stand up and speak your mind instead of sort of falling for this sort of repeated party line that uh, I guess you, you have to comply with now exactly, before you get yeah. your, uh, your, your whole uh, livelihood stripped from you. Uh, this, this occurred, really, here's, here's, the, here's the basic gist of it, uh-huh. just so you know. Mm-hmm. I have a, a murder show. It's a, it's a show about really horrible, horrible things that have happened to human beings. It's a very sober show. It's not comics talking about uh, murder and then laughing about it and talking about their favorite ones and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's really, uh, it's very, it's very measured and very real. And we, we play you nine one one tapes. We play you interrogation audio. It's as real as you get. You feel like you're there. You feel like you're part of the story and you feel empathy and sympathy for the, the, the victims involved when you're hearing these things. You also feel disgust for the person that's doing it. Uh, we got in trouble because we posted a joke on our Instagram page. And I guess you can't joke in, in 2019. No, yeah. you can't. Our no. Instagram page, I mean, if you if you think about it, if you have a murder show, what's your Instagram going to be? It's going to be stupid memes about murder stuff. Exactly. And some of them oh. are going to be pretty dark. Right. And we have a very dark sort of show and a dark 
everything about us is dark. The whole it's a very dark topic in general. So we post, you know, hilarious, I think, things <laughs> right. that are very dark, like Bert and Ernie talking about uh their their child slaves in the basement. Uh, <laughs> That's funny to me. Or I find that funny too. I mean, there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of look, there's a lot of people that don't get the joke. That's fine. A lot of people that don't understand no, what a joke is. Insta. Insta exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you don't understand what a meme is and a joke is, you should probably not be on the internet, period. Right. But what happened was we posted a, a, a meme that I thought was funny. I posted it while having a salad at Jason's Deli. I didn't think anything was going to happen. I, I wasn't thinking about like, oh my God, this is the, this is the career ending move I'm making right now. I was literally uh, right in the middle of my salad munching away and I thought it was funny. And there was a post that said, I don't understand dumb C words, the pejorative for, for, for a woman's genitalia or, uh, or you, just can, a, you, you can say it. You can say the word here. We have okay. no, we have no pan. All right. Well, it said, I don't understand dumb <laughs> is, is, is a term that's used uh, internationally to, to represent an idiot. Yeah, yeah. Internationally, it's very different than in America, which is, seems to be like the meanest word you can say about women. Right. Apparently. Yeah. It, but yeah, I said it's, that it's it, changing. It, it said, I don't understand dumb and then the next line was, perhaps I should take one home and take it apart to see how it works. <laughs> and the joke is about dismemberment. It's, it's definitely a dark joke. Yeah. It's not something that's meant for everyone. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it wasn't meant to, to put down women. It was meant to mm-hmm. make a joke. And it also wasn't put out on Inter- International Women's Day. It was put out the day before, but that became sort of like a yeah. an interesting they tried to, way to frame it. Oh, they tried to connect the dots, and that was funny. That was a good point you made, Raylene, because that kind of worked out well with the f- intro story. But like, here's the thing: you didn't even write that meme. I, I've heard that from the stories that you just found it funny, and it was somebody else had written it, and you just shared it. Yeah, it's an old meme. It's been around for a while, and I didn't. I I don't know who who, who created it. it. I just found it on another. Here's the irony: I found it on another true crime facebook group okay yeah that someone posted it on and so i just reposted it on instagram and apparently some people thought i was threatening them physically (laughs) with that post stop and do you think that anybody actually believed that you were threatening them because that doesn't make any sense that that is ridiculous yeah that is trying to say like like if your feelings are hurt or you don't like that somebody uses that language fine that's one thing but you don't really believe that are are they telling you that that they felt threatened for real? I heard that from some people that I'm close to that it's one of the major reasons why I got uh, dumped from Wondering. Wow, so, wow, that's what I understand is at issue. <laughs> yeah, what a world we're living in! Like, so, it's such a soft world. <laughs> yeah, it is, and it's become that way. But like you were, like we were talking a couple days ago prior to the show, and you were saying that there was other, like other podcast hosts who were kind of on the offensive with you because of this, or was oh, yeah. it, or was it an excuse for them to go on the offensive with you? Well, here's the thing: when you have a show like this, your advertisers just want to get to your audience; they don't care about what you're saying, really. Uh, to be honest, right? Yeah. You know, and it's not until they start to feel the pressure from an online mob mm-hmm. that they actually feel compelled or forced to actually do something. Right. And that goes for the networks as well. Or the potential of just the fear that it could. They, they seem to be proactively taking actions too. Oh yeah, there's, there's a lot of people that, that you know, check their behavior because they're afraid of these mobs. 
they've gone after podcast hosts that I know that I'm just friends with just because of my association with them. That's it. And they've gone after them and personally attacked them online uh, you know, because of that. But what happened here was that there's a, a man by the name of Aaron Mankey mm-hmm. who has a, a show called Lore. He started about... Uh, about maybe in the same year that I started after, definitely after I started, uh, maybe about a year later, but he's got a show called Lore. He's got a TV show, all that. He's very successful. And he's got a, a buddy named Rabia Chaudhry. Okay. Who it, you, you might've heard of from the whole serial Adnan thing. She also has a show called Undisclosed, and it's okay. not very popular. But but she's been on uh, on on several things related to Adnan. Her whole thing is she wants to make sure that Adnan Syed from Serial gets freed, even though he murdered his girlfriend. But my point is, those two people rallied against me, started a Twitter boycott to harass and attack all of my advertisers, and wondery the network itself and individuals in that network until they dropped me so it was a a targeted harassment campaign a boycott because i posted a meme that used the c word in it and you offended everyone and now that i offended the whole world yeah Uh, i told a friend like a, a year and a half ago and he i said you got to be careful. Don't use the C word within this group of women because the old school way of this culture is a very derogatory term in America, it seems mostly, about women when I was growing up. And I, I said, just be careful. There will be a pushback and you don't want them to not listen. That said, what you're bringing up about internationally used, it is becoming a part of the lexicon in America right now with our culture changes. And we are like Ricky Gervais. He, I love Ricky. Yeah. Okay. Okay, there we go. And he uses the word he calls everybody constantly. And I, there was nothing about women specifically in that meme. And that's what you meant. I mean, it's amazing to me how we perceive things becomes a reality instead of just listening to the intent or yeah. listening to the explanation. When did we like all of a sudden collectively decide, decide that you're, you're not allowed to be offended anymore? I don't that's, know. Everything has that's to a be good sterilized yeah. for you. Yeah. Is that, do, are we allowed to use the word are we taking the word back as women? I mean, what, what is my role here in society according to the collective? Aaron Mankey is a Aaron Mankey is a Can I just say that out yeah, loud? you can say it. That's fine, man. No, no I'm big pretty deal. sure he doesn't have a vagina, but I'm pretty sure it's all smooth down there. That's what I've heard. <laughs> uh, so there's that. He doesn't have a front butt, does he? He doesn't have a front butt. <laughs> I don't think it matters. <laughs> I mean, I don't uh, uh, give a hell about that. Okay, well, Mr. Mr. Bubadea, given the enormous popularity of your show, and, you know, my wife actually is a true crime junkie, and this is how I got to know you, because I had to end up hearing you every night before she goes to bed, and your <laughs> stories, and, and it, they're really good. I mean, like, what what's cool about your show, you'll take the listeners on this journey, and then at the end, you know, it, you know, during this this episode or an hour long episode, you know, you're like, this guy did it. This guy's the killer. This guy's the killer. And at the very end of the show, you switch it around and then you just blow people's minds and, and your storytelling is just fantastic. I mean, really clever, Thank you. really clever stuff. Thank you. I, I love the whole M. Night Shyamalan uh, oh, way yeah. of storytelling. Oh, where, yeah. where you don't know what's going on. And then the end, you're like, oh my God, what the hell? You're like, what the hell? <laughs> I've been lied to the entire episode. And at the very end, there's the old switcheroo. But I know like yeah. in your SoundCloud update you posted this weekend, 
you consider the, the, you know this event like the so-called end of your show. But is there a possibility yeah. you know that your company Incongruity Media would create its own platform and network instead? So like you got enough fan base to where you could actually create your own media company and you don't have to worry about you know jumping on somebody else's bandwagon. You can create your own empire. Is that a possibility? Or you can join the Launchpad. Or you can join the Launchpad Media. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice, nice uh, pitch. Uh, <laughs> so I, I look. I don't know what's going to happen right now. This is so fresh. This happened uh, just a couple days ago. Right now, I'm trying to figure out how to keep putting out shows for Patreon. For our, uh, we have premium members on a, a, a platform called Patreon, and you can go on there at Patreon.com/slash/SwordAndScale. And sign up. And the reason I set up this company the way I did, which is half of the revenue came from the free show and the free feed that reached over a million listeners per episode and had advertising on it. And then the other half of the revenue was from direct support of fans and listeners on the Patreon platform who get extra episodes and extra content. The reason I set it up that way is because I knew this day was going to come eventually. Uh I mean, I've been looking, I'm not an idiot. I've been looking around and seeing the landscape for years. And I, I was a fan of Opie and Anthony. Uh, I was a fan of Howard Stern. I'm a big fan of the whole genre of talk radio. And I understand how these things work and how they, these mobs come after you and try to destroy you and ruin your career. And I thought the best way to protect and hedge against that was to have this premium support model Mm -hmm. because it's very easy to get fired by one boss. It's very hard to get fired by 15,000 bosses that is on right. the same day. That is, and you're right. Yeah. But even now, Patreon, like we have people, you know, obviously we run a libertarian show, but we have allies and friends who run libertarian podcasts and they've been pulled off of Patreon and uh, people are right. stopping yeah. the support for Patreon. And it's, it's, it's yeah. getting really weird. It's like, I mean, hell, you got Alex. I mean, we don't. I'm not a big Alex Jones fan. I don't believe in all this. Yeah. But for the most part, I mean, even Alex Jones is getting censored from YouTube and Facebook. And it's like, what? Big time. To me, that was such a hard hit. It was such a weird, hard hit to me in terms of like, oh my God, this is actually, this is bigger than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not, again, I'm not a big Alex Jones fan. I've actually criticized him openly about his his take on the whole uh, school shooter thing, which since then he's, you know, corrected and, and, and said that he, he doesn't think the way that the mob is sort of suggesting he does. But anyway, when that happened, I was shocked. I was mm-hmm. shocked that they could literally take down someone because they don't agree with an opinion. There was nothing in that that was threatening or, or hurt anyone in any way. Right. I suppose if you're a parent of one of those children that died in that school, you're probably a little upset. But you're probably upset because your child is dead, not because... Something, you know, some guys on a network. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he has his own thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, he also has, I mean, this is the thing. I, I'm not going to be a, an Alex Jones apologist, but what Alex Jones does is focuses our distrust on untrustworthy entities, which is usually like the state and their sponsors. And I think that having free thinkers out there questioning things, whether they're right or wrong, is absolutely imperative because deplatforming yeah. somebody that's 
just says, has questions we don't like is actually just punishing thought crime and making them into thought crimes and punishing him for just questioning. And and I absolutely have to support uh, people that I may not agree with being out there and, and, and talking about things that, especially when they're being silenced, I want, now I'm like, more of an Alex Jones fan, uh, yeah. that kind of well, stuck in my throat a little yeah, bit. Exactly. But I, I, yeah, I, I, I loved his Joe Rogan episode. Did you guys listen to that? It was no, I, didn't. I loved it. Yeah, I didn't oh see it. Oh my god, it was good. Oh my god, I was riveted. He's a crazy person. But it's, <laughs> yes. it's a great. It's a great thing to watch. Everybody, I mean, like, who doesn't like to see something like that? A, a, a brain wreck happening in front of you. <laughs> I, mean, I know people are just enjoying what's happening to me right now. I'm just grinning into the space because it's a podcast. I'm not even watching him. I'm yeah. just listening. I'm like, uh, yeah. like, it's just, I love it. His passion and his, the way he says things. But he's are, entertaining. That's the thing. I mean, remember when he's like, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm kind of retarded that the memes that are coming from the, the podcast. Alone. Here's the thing, Raylene is Alex Jones is entertaining yes. point blank, regardless of whether or not you agree with his opinions, yes. it's entertainment. And if anyone takes, I mean, if people listen to Alex Jones, there might be a nugget of truth in there somewhere. Yeah. But at the same time, he's hilarious. He's funny to watch. He gets worked up. He goes on these rampages and it's funny and people enjoy it because he's entertaining. I do want to say one thing about Patreon because you guys were just talking about Patreon. We So when this whole thing started to happen with Alex Jones getting banned, I think it was back in November, December, and this thing occurred that, you know, you, you hashtag, it became the hashtag of Patreon purge. And right. it happened because several people started to get banned off of Patreon. It started with uh, Sargon of the Cod. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Sargon, yep. And I'm only sort of like a little bit familiar with him and his work and what he does. But I know that the reason for the ban was absolute <laughs> It was something that he said on a different platform almost a year prior to the ban and they went out and found something to get him right. for and, and get, take him off his platform. And it goes completely against everything that Jack, uh, Jack Conti, I think is his name said on the, uh, on, on the Rubin report about how they, you know, make decisions about banning people. It goes against their terms of service basically. And so if mm-hmm. you're on Patreon, you're a creator, and you say things that are controversial, you have a responsibility to get the hell off that platform because you're basically putting your livelihood up to someone else's decision that could completely go against the very terms you've agreed to. Subjective, yeah. Yeah, and we're on Patreon too. We have our podcast on there. And uh, But you, here's the thing, uh, Mr. Boudet, you said on your SoundCloud update that anyone who dares hold an independent thought and goes against the grain of popular opinion gets vilified in the court of public opinion. You've come under fire even before by making controversial statements. Is this the first time you've actually been penalized professionally and economically? Is this the first time really that this has happened? not at all. The the first time was about a year ago uh, in March of last year where a fan sent me a tweet and it it said something like, uh, if I ever die, you know, I hope Sword and Scale covers my podcast uh-huh. uh, or, or it does a podcast about me. And I wrote back what I thought at the time was a clever tweet, which was, and she, dialed the, she died of mild heart disease and a high cholesterol diet, <laughs> which uh-huh. are the two leading killers in America. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see where you're going. Yep. So <laughs> someone took her screenshot from her profile pic, which I had looked at because it's just like a little tiny blip on my phone. I, I'm not looking at the profile pics. I just responded something I thought was funny. 
somebody took her profile picture, put it next to my tweet, and then immediately started this bandwagon thing of I'm fat shaming her. And it turned into now let's boycott Mike Boudet and Wondery because he's fat shaming his listeners. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, that, that tweet, that one tweet, this is the fun part, cost me half a million dollars in advertising. Man, man. See, I, this is why we're not going to get rich, really. I say too many controversial <laughs> on the show. So I never I never planned on it because I want to be able to say what I want. Exactly. So, so like, um, we just have our Patreons who are supporting us, and we have a few advertisers, and they've been we very- We love you guys. We love you guys. Thank you so much for keeping the lights on and keeping our rock and roll studio happening. Here's the thing. You know, we're libertarians, and we believe our ultimate idea is a free society, that people have the right to disassociate. So if you don't like somebody- you don't like the way your business is run. You know, they have the right to say, you know what? I'm not going to support it. I'm not going to patronize them. I'm not going to give them support. And, you, you know, right. people exercising their right to disassociate. And from my perspective, it, it appears that this isn't a group of individuals choosing to turn off or tune out. It's about a group of individuals that are really demanding everyone else to do the same. They, right. it, regardless of what you say, it's like, hey, I don't like it. If people find it offensive, you know what? They don't have to listen to it, you know? But right. no, they, right. it's not even that. They're coming after you because, well, if I don't like what he's saying, so we're going to make sure that nobody gets to listen to what you're saying. And would you agree with this? I mean, do you agree with that positioning? Like, Yeah, that's exactly accurate. That's exactly what's happening. Our Patreon subscribers have gone up since this occurred huh. quite a bit. That's cool. Not gone down. That means that you have a voice and that people still want to listen to their damn show without assigning intent to every little damn thing that you th- that you say. And instead of like letting their collective ego try to drive this bus and punish anybody for, for their potential uh, intent, which is what's happened to you now twice. That's what's happening is that we are allowing this insanity to take root and we're fostering it for the sake of feelings. And feelings are important, but not to this extent, not, not to... I'm actually kind of freaked out because over the last 24 hours, I'm not able to post on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And I heard somebody say that there's some sort of issue going on, but it's weird that it's happening on multiple platforms at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Um, so you can't yeah, Facebook po- you is can't having post- a lot of problems today. Yeah. And so I don't know if Patreon... Usually what happens is once Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram ban you, Patreon is next. And so we've been working on our own platform now for, for a couple months. We're trying to build our own uh, platform where they can't ban us. But it's, it's, it's a process and it's, a, you know, it's, it's an expensive process and it, it takes a lot of work to put something together that works well. And, and so we've been working on that. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of freaked out that maybe Patreon's going to pull the plug in the next couple of days mm-hmm. and not give us any recourse whatsoever like they did with Sargon. Yeah, and I think that's going to happen. I think that's going to happen, man. And it's just a matter of time for anyone who's saying anything controversial. I mean, it's getting to the point now where, you know, I'm not really afraid of it. But once you hit a certain dollar amount per episode, then all of a sudden the spotlight starts shining on you. You uh-huh. know what I mean? It's all about money. So if we ended up, I mean, I say, dude, we have two minute hate speeches on the show and they're hilarious. I mean, they're supposed to be funny. And it, it, it you know, we, we make a joke about hate speech, but it isn't. It isn't hate speech. It's just education. But that's the thing. Or ranting. It's a rant, you know, and it's fun and people get a kick out of it. But again, I'm waiting for the time where, you know, the show gets so popular. At one point, people are like, you know what, that Johnny Rocket, he's he's racist or he's a bigot or he's a misogynist or whatever. 
whatever week, you know, whatever week it is, you know, but that, that's the thing. You have to watch what you have to say now and people get their feelings hurt so much. It's out of control. And, you know, I, well, think, I think that they're looking to. And that's another thing. You're right. You're right. They're jealous. It's envy. You know, as Raylene would say, it's all about envy economics. If you're doing well, you know what? You don't deserve to have that because you're, you know, you don't deserve it. We don't have it. You don't deserve it. Yeah. We did this show for two and a half years with no revenue whatsoever. I mean, I, I should say I did the show for two and a half years with yeah. no revenue whatsoever. Uh-huh. And and it took that long for me to actually pull the plug on on trying to monetize it. And I, because I knew, I've seen it happen before. As soon as you try to monetize something that's big and successful, you're going to immediately start getting these these people coming out of the woodwork, you know, attacking you, hating you, saying horrible things, trying to get you. It's it's an envy thing. It's a, it's it like a, yeah. I don't think you should succeed. Or and and also control. I mean, as as people who understand the philosoph- or philosophy of self ownership and accountability, responsibility, and and what voluntarism and consent really is all about. That's that's our bag. Um, the culture that we are in right now has no personal accountability and they are being oppressed by the uh, companies in the state and, and all these rules. And because of that, they are exercising their control in such petty, nasty ways of taking others down. That's and right. It's just now part of our culture. And I was going to actually ask you about Mike, about uh, the media and culture and what your responsibility is. Like, what do you believe are the responsibilities of media and content creators? And is this something that the collective has a right to demand? So when this whole Patreon purge occurred, it couldn't have been a worse time for me to take a stance on something as, as a media creator that has sort of a, a pretty decently big you know, public profile. But I felt like if I don't do it, and by the way, I'm one of the, at the time, I was like the top three creator on Patreon, like of, of all of their creators. And, and so I'm looking at myself and I'm going, if I don't do this, who's going to do it? Mm-hmm. Who's, who's going to have the balls to stand up to this and, and say something? And it was the, the worst possible time. I, I was basically <laughs> doing like a tour of the U.S., uh, you know, going to meet up from meet up to meet up. And I was, uh, all the meetups were generating revenue for um, uh, a, a nonprofit uh, that helps, uh, you know, identify uh, rape rapists by doing a DNA uh, testing. And we raised over ten thousand dollars in that, you know, couple months. But it was a really tough time to, for me to do that. And I was hiring new staff. I was trying to get things going. I was trying to start my new show, Monstro. And I was like, I got to do it. I have a responsibility to do it. Even if it's going to cost me millions of dollars, I have to do this. Exactly. And so that's when I took a stance against Patreon. I said, we're going to be building our own platform and they're, they're in the wrong. They can't be bad. They can't because what they're allegedly, what they're basically doing is they're, it's not about free market. They're separating people that actually want to support someone, a creator with their money. Exactly. From the creator. Exactly. And they're acting as the middleman and going, no, what you created is not okay. So we're going to separate you from your audience. That's what their role is. Well, and the thing is, really quick before we take a commercial break, but like the thing is, is they are making a ton of money from you. Like they take their cut on top of it. So by them censoring you, they're losing money. And to me, it's like 
people vote with the dollar, man, and that's how it should be. Anyways, oh, this is Johnny Rocket, and make sure you check out America's fastest growing number one pro liberty radio program, Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is on seven nights per week. Can you believe that, Raylene? No. Seven nights. That's a lot of talking, which is awesome. Yeah. Stations coast to coast, and it's pro liberty, every issue, every time. So again, check out freetalklive.com. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Anyways, this is Johnny Rocket here with Raylene Lightheart. We're talking to Mike Boudet. Thank you so much, and we're going to take a quick commercial break. Rock and roll. This is Chris Spangle, and I am the host of We Are Libertarians, which you can find in iTunes, Google Play, or at wearelibertarians.com. We are a podcast that brings you all of the irreverence that modern politics deserves by examining current events from a libertarian perspective. So please... Check us out at wearelibertarians.com. Are you tired of banging your head against the proverbial wall of politics and getting nowhere toward actually making your life more free? Are you tired of interview podcasts that have the same guests as every other libertarian interview podcast out there? Are you tired of hearing the same news stories that you can hear on the mainstream media? Then you need to listen to The Lava Flow, where we don't do politics and we don't do the major stories that exist only to divide you. We talk about news that affects you and your freedom, and we work to find solutions that can actually help you to be more free. Lava stands for libertarian, anarcho-capitalist, voluntarist, and agorist. And if you consider yourself to be in any of those categories, all of those categories, or just interested in learning about them, then The Lava Flow podcast is for you. Check us out at thelavaflow.com. The Lava Flow Podcast, channeling the flow of information to the libertarian, anarcho-capitalist, voluntarist, and agorist community. Thelavaflow.com. It's time to shake up your podcast feed, folks, by subscribing to Lions of Liberty, the only libertarian variety show out there. Spend Mondays with me, Mark Clare, as I feature in-depth interviews with great names in the libertarian community and fun roundtable discussions. Electric Liberty Land with me, Brian McWilliams, every Wednesday, your weekly dose of comedy, culture, and liberty. And Felony Fridays with me, John Odermatt, where I expose injustice in the broken criminal justice system. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and at lionsofliberty.com. Good questions today. Man, this is a great show. It's fun. I really, it's necessary. It, it is. It's a good question, so. And we're here, we're talking to the one of the biggest podcasts ever, Sword and Scale. We're talking to Mr. Mike Boudet. Mike, thank you so much for being here, sir. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun, and it's good to actually get this off your chest. I'm sure it's like a little bit, you know, it helps with your psyche right now, because I know you're probably amped up, and you're pissed off, and you're angry at the world, and so are we. And this is why we do show so i really appreciate anyone that, that wants to have me on right now again i think it takes massive balls and i, I commend you for that oh hey we, we're known for our <laughs> massive balls we're known for it <laughs> Raylene is in like in theory only but in, in in her her gut and her uh you know she's a very brave woman and uh i'm just stupid enough to say <laughs> and and if people have a problem <laughs> and you know I don't care. The truth stands on its own. It does. And you cannot cover it for long. It will be heard. And we have a response. That's my responsibility for what I'm doing in this. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Yeah. 
Exactly. So, Mr. Boudet, what we do here on the second segment, it's tradition. It's called Rocket Fire. What we do on Rocket Fire, sir, is I'm going to ask you a series of 10 questions. These questions will be philosophically related, and if you can answer these questions between 30 to 60 seconds, that'd be badass. Mr. Boudet, are you ready to play Rocket Fire? <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Question one. Is there such thing as offensive speech, and who do they believe should determine what is and what is not offensive? The individual should determine that, and they should uh, just keep scrolling or uh, move along. <laughs> and yes, there's offensive speech, of course, but but it, you know, it just it's up to the individual to decide that, not the collective. Very, very well spoken. Question two: Why do you think an attorney would represent somebody if they know they're guilty? Money. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I was just saying, is there some other, is there like some sort of moral code with the law that they have to, you know, represent them or what? They, they do. You're, you're, you're kind of required uh, to represent with all the, the, I forget what the word is, like the zest and zealousness of, you know, believing that they're innocent. Even if, even if you really deep down know. So, yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta do it. It's just part of, uh, the bar application Interesting. process, I guess. Interesting. Yes. All right. Question three. What are mandatory minimums? And we know what they are, but we want you to explain it. And what is your take on them? Mandatory minimums for, for what, what are we talking about? Uh, breaking, exactly? breaking a law. Like, so for example, like if you have oh. marijuana, oh, in your, yeah. uh, you're now, if you're in the state of Utah, for like 20 years, it doesn't matter if you have a seed or a truckload. It's the same punishment. Right. So this is a this is a byproduct of the sort of crime wave that happened in the 80s, where legislation became a lot tougher in the state, in each individual state, especially states like Texas. And they started to make these laws that were requiring judges to, to you know, do certain things that were the basic minimum. Right. So that they could, you know, make it be just be tougher on crime. I, I think it's a bad idea. I think you should really revert a lot of that because it, it becomes ridiculous at one point. I agree. Question four. What crimes? This is a fun one because this is your this is your gig, man. You're a subject matter expert on this. What <laughs> crimes can lead to the death penalty? Well, obviously murder, uh, but it's usually, you know, certain circumstances that in, in certain states that will lead you there. Uh, and it's usually things that are so repulsive to the general public. I'll tell you what's wrong about capital murder that I think. I think that it's become a tool of politicians to look mm -hmm. tough on crime. And it, it, it ignores a lot of key problems, like the fact that Sometimes you get things wrong because we're made, we're humans. Everything's ah, interesting. Every, all, yeah. The whole system of justice is made by humans and we all make mistakes and everybody makes mistakes. And if you're going to put one person to death that didn't deserve it, then the whole system is a house of cards and shouldn't exist. Great answer. I agree 100%. Great answer. Question five. How is the death penalty carried out? What are the different ways of doing it? Like, I mean, I never even thought about this. I know that, like, I've seen the electric, that you know, if you've seen the chair yeah. and I've seen like, lethal yeah. injection, is there, I mean, I don't think they still do shooting people. I mean, do they still do that? I don't know. They do in certain states. There's like one or two states, I think, that still shoot people. Uh, or that's at least on the, uh, it's possible that they can, they can do it. I think they have a choice. Anyway, uh, the electric chair is gone. They no longer do old Sparky. Okay. Retired in Florida a few years, uh, well, a couple decades ago. 
most of it is lethal injection because it's supposed to be the most humane way. Okay. But if you read any into it at all, it's actually one of the most horrible ways to die. It's so bad. There's three, there's three drugs that are injected into you. The first one is a paralytic. It paralyzes you. You still feel everything. You still might have some consciousness, but you can't move. Oh, you man. can't move at all. And the next one, the next drug stops your heart. So imagine the intense pain of a heart attack, which is one of the worst, from what I've heard, one of the worst pains you could possibly feel other than being set on fire. And you can't even move. <sighs> it's, it's criminal. It's a, it's a horrible thing to do to someone. And, and now the problem is that the, the states can't even get the drugs anymore because they were getting them from this company in Europe who's stopped supplying drugs for lethal injection. And so now they're trying to come up with their own, you know, they're trying to experiment, trying to come up with their own cocktails to figure out how wow. to kill people. <laughs> I would just Why the f*** are we doing this in 2019? It's so absurd. You know what, though? I'd rather just get shot. And at yeah. that point, it's just like, make it quick. And I, I don't think there's anything, you don't even, maybe not even know you're going to get shot. Be like, hey, go over here and take a piss. And then when you're taking a piss, bam, you're dead. <laughs> like, it's just because I think it's the fear of knowing you're going to die is worse than actually dying. I mean, just use that cattle cattle prod thing, that cattle thing. That you yeah. Just, you know, right, goes right <laughs> into the brainstem instead of, why waste a bullet? You know, just do that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Question six. According to Profiling and Serial Crime, what are the concepts of MO and signature and how are they used? Uh, wow. You got me on that one. Uh, the profiles of Emma. What is Emma? Modus operandi. Their motive. Oh, <laughs> so can you repeat the question? Sorry. So according to profiling and serial crime, so, you know, profiling serial criminals, what are the concepts of motive and signature of, of the, of the killers? I think this is interesting because I figured you would be able to answer this one because this is your gig, not mine. Yeah, I, I you know it, it, it's that's a tough one. I don't I don't know exactly. Um, it, it all depends. Every crime is different. There's so many different types of. If you're talking about serial killers, serial killers are, are a particular weird breed. Mm-hmm. I don't even cover serial killers to be honest because I think they're kind of boring. They're kind of you know okay. formulaic and boring. I like the stories where it's like some somebody that you you could you you could put yourself in their shoes and you feel like. Oh my god! I, I can't believe that happened to, to this person that I thought was just like me for a second. Yeah, normal dude going to work. Yeah, love that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so interesting to me. Question seven: What do you think of the community justice movement? Do you believe it's effective? Where people get, you know, uh, people in a community get together and be like, "We're going to stop crime. We don't need cops. We're going to do it ourselves." What do, you, what do you think about that kind of movement? We did a show on this girl called Natalie Bollinger, who it was a two-part episode. And it was funny because this whole community of web sleuths, they call themselves web sleuths, okay. uh, were trying to solve the crime. And they were getting really, really personal. They were contacting the family directly and, and going to the scene and, and, and like taking pictures of the victim's house. Or, Interesting, you know, yeah. It became this really creepy thing. And so I think that uh, sometimes it has its place where people can uncover things if they're very motivated. But I think the the cops are pretty motivated to solve a crime, so I don't think they need uh, uh, you know Marjorie 
you know, sitting in her kitchen table on her computer trying to solve a crime for, for them uh, <laughs> most of the time. So, right, right on. Question eight. Do you think people in the public eye should be held to a higher standard than the person who is in the general public? Um, no. Why? Why? Why don't we all just if we're if we're gonna hold that standard, let's all be better. Let's stop calling people in the public space. Let's, let's get off our Twitter and stop calling people. Uh, because you're, you're kind of revealing your own character when you're doing that. You're not really, uh, doing anything else other than that. Yeah. We know somebody in the Washington Libertarian Party like that. Okay. Question nine. What, <laughs> what is the difference between first, second, and third degrees of crime? I've always been kind of curious about that. Uh, so first degree crime is premeditated. Okay. If you have a second degree, uh, a murder, it's probably a crime of passion, some sort of impulse that, that occurred, uh, road rage or something like that. Okay. I'm really not sure if there's a third degree, but, but there is manslaughter where it's just an accidental and unintentional, uh, you know, cause of death of someone. Yeah. Like you're, you're driving, driving on the drunk, road. Driving or... drunk and, and your buddy is sitting in the passenger seat and goes through the windshield and dies. Okay. It's probably manslaughter. Yeah. Interesting. Question 10. You're going to like this one. This is the final question, sir. What is hate speech, and do you think there's a place for it? So hate speech, again, hate speech is, it, it's, in, it's in the mind of the listener, the, the, the individual, to decide what they think is hate speech. But I think hate speech has become this sort of catch-all for anything you find offensive if you're part of a p political party right now in, in 2019. <laughs> and you can just claim yeah. hate speech for anything you don't like. And, I agree. and again, you, you target the individual and you say that they're misogynist and a racist and a homophobe and whatever, whatever the, the words to attack the person that said something you didn't like. That's what happens. Thank you for the compliments. I really appreciate it. And that was very nice of you to call me those words. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, it's great, though. And you're right, though. You're right. And that's Rock and Fire. Give it up for Mike Boudet. Great job, man. Fantastic job. We like Thank doing you. that because it's fun. And it kind of puts you on the spot, but we figured you'd be able to answer these questions. Anyways, that's Johnny Rocket. <laughs> Always launching ideas. We're going to be right back after this quick commercial break. So stick around. We'll be right back. Rock and roll. When I'm hungry, I'm just on the heat. When I see you, I'm on my, on my feet. There's two times you see me at the bar But I'm running for the love and I'm way too far I'm your decayed lover, sweet talking man And I'd be good with a candy cane I wanna stay away from the downtown beauty Say super nice, clean, beat by your beauty But when temptation comes, I'm ready to go Well, I'm quite bad at saying no I'm known for that in the neighborhood I'm all too bad at being good no smoke ever passed my lungs No light ever crossed my tongue Cheap anything that I really know I gotta like a bad shame, got no bone Hey, this is Blast Off with Johnny Rocket And we're back After Rocket Fire with Mr. Mike Boudet And I'm here with Raylene Lightheart, my... Ray of Truth. Raylene, take it away. All right. So today we've been really talking about our culture and what's happening out there. And I was wondering, 
for the future, considering you're doing a show about murder, but it, there's a lot of psychology and people science behind that. Um, are you finding a place where your show will be either explaining culture or are you seeing the importance of having, having to shape culture in your job, even though you're doing a show about murder? I mean, I think we've been doing that all along mm-hmm. in, in, in sort of a subtle way. We got a lot of flack about uh, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, maybe, where we put out a plus episode behind the paywall on Patreon. And it was about a woman who was obsessed with her bo- this boyfriend or, well, this somebody that she dated for a while. And she would repeatedly harass him and, and stalk him and send him multiple unwanted messages and mm-hmm. show up at his house and ended up killing him and then claimed she was a victim and that he had raped her and he had abused her. And, you know, and so we made some statements regarding, you know, the sort of general way that people talk about toxic masculinity these days Mm -hmm. and all men are trash and patriarchy and the Me Too movement. And that a lot of people got really pissed off when we mentioned the Me Too movement. Exactly. Because what we said was, so you're supposed to believe all victims. Here's a perfect example of why believe all victims is ridiculous i mean you take each case with its own merit and you look at it for for what it is if you're going to just believe everyone just because they claim rape well that's sort of one-sided and biased and and very very problematic i've seen you mention a lot today you you say things a lot that are pointing out uh the problems with believing in collectives and um we are all about the rights of the individual and how the smallest minority is the individual and that is what we should be basing all of our decisions and actions on is individualism and you're right that collectives are dangerous and this is the the what you're seeing in Mob rule. you know Mob by rule. the way i yeah. just want to point out as uh somebody who is very close friends with and and um with many many people that uh, would have a, a hashtag me too because some bad things very really did happen to them and shame on anyone who would play victim and lie to make and, and what that does is builds distrust with with not knowing when we can trust something i agree and yep. um how how dare you play victim and lie when to those liars out there because there are people being hurt mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. disgusting it's disgusting that someone would actually do that that they would actually claim rape like the when Jesse they have been case. Yes. Right. Same thing. Claim victim. Yeah. Gross. And and you know, again, we're we're looking at a collective. This is a movement. So what started out as a good idea, people sharing their stories of of real abuse, so we can actually make everyone aware of how often it really does happen, and it is. But what happens is this movement is hijacked by people saying you have to believe all women every time. I mean, where did that again now it where do you draw the line in the sand? Exactly. I mean, there it's all or nothing. What people cannot think of things individually and use logic. This is gross. Exactly. And if they do say something like, well, that's not, you didn't really get sexually assaulted. How dare you? How dare you? I was in this situation right. and you were not. You pig. You misogynistic. Yeah. And I'm thinking, no, your situation is made up. And I know that there's plenty of women who have called rape and it never happened. And some poor is in jail, maybe with the death penalty. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. The- but we do need to take it seriously when we do know it happens. And, and, and- Exactly, exactly. But here's the problem. It, it, it's a hashtag. It's, it's a hashtag. So it, it, it plays into this whole, um, this whole like, 
yeah, I'm going to join in on this because I want to be part of this group. Mm-hmm. Even though there's, we know there's a lot of people out there that are a little unhinged, especially on Twitter. And, and they're, they're just trying to be part of something because they don't, aren't part of something in their actual, you know, everyday life. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're on Twitter, they're joining mobs. They're, they're being like, yes, check me out too. Raising my hand, putting up a hashtag, even though it's, uh, and, and, and that's very, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. I, what, what I found the most dangerous about, uh, about well, all hashtag movements have uh, upsides and downsides is bringing awareness is good. And then the uh, countermeasure of all the hangers on and hijackers of the mo- of said movement. Uh, when I saw people saying, oh, you know, uh, me too. And they were referencing guys asking them out at the bar or looking at their bodies when they were wearing scantily. Cl- and I'm not a sex disguise. Look, I am not saying... That women she deserved deserve it. to be harassed. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. that don't even start with me. Don't even come at me because that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that people are going to look at you. It's like those people at the grocery store that, and then they go on Facebook and say, oh, all these people gave me dirty looks today. And I'm like, they probably weren't even looking at you or thinking about you because no one cares about you. It's not about you. Relax. Like <laughs> everyone just needs to be a victim. It's, it's gross. Go away. Don't hold back, yeah, really. and it's usually yeah. a third party. It's usually a third party. Um, yeah, it's usually a third party that's being upset about something that's going on. It's usually not the, the person themselves. Like, I, I get this a lot where people say that I, 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 I <laughs> this is a fun one. I Go requested ahead. nudes from fans. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and th- this occurred on uh, the My Favorite Murder group where I, I got word from somebody else that, um, there's a bunch of women fangirling about my voice and how much they love the show. So I went on there and I popped on and there were some women saying some extraordinarily crass things at me um, <laughs> that one of yeah. them wanted You're to like, sit on my throat I, while I talked wow. and stuff like that. So yeah. you were like and looking, so, you were hoping for naked pictures. Instead you get, well, good job. this is called ca- the capitalizing on the situation. Yeah. I, I responded with that, <laughs> with, a, with that as a joke. I was like, well, hey, send your audition pics to my email address. <laughs> on a public forum, I was kidding, obviously, and I was playing into the whole, like, what the, the whole theme of that thread was at the time. But, th- but what happened was the third, the third parties were the ones that got upset. The moderators, the women that were there that were just hated all men and just wanted, did, didn't like this whole situation. They were just so offended by it that they had to go take screenshots. And to this day, three and a half years later, they're still reposting those screenshots still saying that I, I request nudes from fans and perpetuating this 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 lie uh, because they're so offended yeah. by that. I'm offended that we're even talking about this, you know, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm offended that people follow you just to hate on you. I am so going to cry right now and I'm going to my head in the pillow and I might contact some like the Vox or something and, and then they'll cover I, a story channeling. and whatever and then. You know, I don't know, but like, here's Let's the thing. Let's channel Jason Stapleton and talk about our haters right now. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. So here's the thing. Like, Mike, I really want to say, again, this has been a really fun show, but let's get back to like, I'm, I'm more interested in like you and how you've developed over the last few years. You know, you've immersed yourself recently in like researching and discussing true crime over five years. I think it's been, have you yeah. found that your view of humanity has like changed? I mean, is it the same? Do you still believe people are... And like, if it has changed, what about your perception? And what about the perception of, let's say, the uh, American criminal justice system in itself? 
since you've been doing all this research for five years, I'm sure there's been a shift in how you view people and how you view law and order. And what, what's your view of the whole of the whole thing? Well, I initially started the show and the, the way I started the show and the reason I started it the way that I did and, and how the format, what it talks about. I mean, our tagline is the worst monsters are real. That's true. Um, yeah. The whole point of it was to basically say, hey, we're all kind of shitty people. Everybody. Yeah. And, and myself included. We're, we're all human beings. We're all flawed. We all make mistakes and we all do horrible things and we're all capable of it. That's the, the, the interesting part. There's only maybe a series of events, a bad day and a series of events that separate you from some of these monsters we talk about on the show. Interesting. And I've always held that belief. Now, being forced into this whirlwind of popularity on social media and the vicious attacks from people and all this and that, it, it's, it's made it very real and very personal mm-hmm. uh, to me. Uh, but you know, I always had that that idea and that belief. I don't. I, I don't think we should sugarcoat things. I don't think we should, you know, play into this whole everything's great, everything's wonderful, right? Uh, mentality, and um, and also you were asking about the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. What I think is about the criminal justice system. I think it's pretty good, but it's obviously extremely flawed. And I think that any lawyer you talk to, any judge you talk to, will admit that there's so many problems, and the problem. I think I had a long discussion with a a criminal defense attorney about this. When you get down to the matter, all of the laws, the entire system, everything that we've built over hundreds of years, because this comes down from like the Roman law. uh, Exactly. What the Greeks were using. um, It was all created by a man, by man. And so, of course, it's going to be flawed. Of course, it's going to be imperfect. Of course, it's going to make mistakes. That's why there shouldn't be penalties that are permanent, like the death penalty. Because we can't, we're going to screw things up. Giving the state that power is bad. Yeah, and I think there's too many. I mean, there's laws for stupid. There shouldn't be. Like, I don't know. Uh, talking on your phone. And in your car. It's like, if you get in an accident. There, there's taxes for things there shouldn't be, too. Exactly. Well, we're all in agreement there. We have no, we have no disagreement there. You, you know, came to the right place. You came to the right goddamn place. We hate taxation and and. Of Yes, it's forced. And yeah, that's what I think, man. I think it's too much us. And I think, you know, really, if you hurt people and you take their stuff, it should be like, the law should be that simple in my mind. I mean, it shouldn't be this complicated books and books and books of worthless legislation. That, that's right, Johnny. What's that? Well, good ideas that you're right. Good ideas don't require force. That's right. They don't. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it should be like that. I don't know. It's a tough, it's a tough one. But anyway, so, Raylene, prepare for landing. Oh, roger that, Johnny. Seatbelts and shoulder harnesses. Your body, your choice. Landing gear and downward expanders. NAP initiated. Anti-state superchargers. Defragged and woke. Landing lights and guest websites. Mr. Boudet, give us your dot-coms. And where can people find you? Swordandscale.com. You can find us, well, for now, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or go to patreon.com slash swordandscale for five bucks. You get a bunch of bonus content, and it's the only place to get Sword and Scale right now. So there's that. Awesome. And uh, Raylene, if somebody wants to hear more of Blast Off with Johnny Rocket and maybe even the after party with Mr. Boudet, where would they go? I don't know. 
I would tell our listeners to make sure to go to supportblastoff.com and subscribe. And for only a dollar, you can listen to the after party where we put our guests on blast. Awesome. Anyways, Mr. Boudet, thank you so much for being here. It's been awesome. And we have listener questions. We have people who want to ask you questions on our Facebook page. And if you could stick around for maybe another 15 minutes, that'd be awesome. It's been a blast. And yes, absolutely, I will. Awesome. Thank you. Anyways, this is Johnny Rocket with Rayleigh Lightheart, always launching ideas. And we'll see you next week. Rock and roll.